Hello and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Bree. And before we get started, I want to give a shout out to our patrons that support the podcast and we appreciate it so much. We actually were able to renew one of our subscriptions with uh, with all of your help and we really appreciate that. So thanks for supporting the podcast and we hope to support you patrons as well. And now on to our show. We are doing a crossover episode today. We are joined by Abigail and Katie from the 50% podcast. Abigail, Katie, welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. Hello. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having us. Thank you for being here. Yeah. So yeah. tell us, tell us all about the 50% podcast. Yeah, like what what made y'all start it? We want all the juice because we're such a fan of podcasts and we're like, what inspires other podcasters to start theirs? And like, tell our listeners what they can expect from your podcast. Like start from the beginning to now. Tell us everything. Ooh, Katie, I feel like you should start off because this is kind of your origin story in general. <laughs> well, it's like our origin story, like our friendship origin story too. So it's yeah. like, it's all very wholesome and cute. Um but yeah, Abigail, I was her boss back, what, like five years, four, three years ago, four years ago. Sure. What time, is time? Time yeah. exists. <laughs> five <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so I was Abigail's boss at a local newspaper in Austin. We're both journalists. Um, Y'all and- are in Austin. I'm in San Antonio. Okay, Stop we're going to meet at the That's book right. people. <laughs> yes. Yes, Absolutely. I love it. Aaron, come down and we'll just do a big podcast thing. Okay. All right. Looking up plane <laughs> tickets now. <laughs> love it. But yeah, so we were working together. And as I am prone to do, um, I force all of my interests and my personality onto all of my friends. Um, so I was like, Abigail, have you heard of A, Taylor Swift and B, romance novels? <laughs> have you heard and of Taylor I... Swift? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who this Taylor Swift person is? Who is this Taylor Swift you talk about? This real underground artist. Never heard of her. Never seen her in my life. Indie pop, you know? Yeah. But Katie started bringing me romance books. I had recently graduated from college when we were working together. And so I was learning how to basically read for fun again after I hadn't done it for four years. Um, so she brought me like some Christina Lauren books. And I just like very quickly was like running through them um and so then we stopped officially working together um yeah I quit and, my job yeah. and left <laughs> Abigail alone yeah <laughs> um soon after I got like a new job and then I moved to Houston during the band pandemic and we were still like trading books and talking about them all the time and I eventually like moved back to Austin and we had had this kind of like running joke that we were going to start a podcast of just indulging in our own personal book club that we had going on. Um, and Katie actually did start working in podcasting while we were kind of joking about this. And so when I had moved back to Austin, um, we had told somebody else about it also kind of a joke. One of my Katie's boss. boss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he was like, that's a great idea. You should do that. And then we were like, ha ha, sure. And then a month later, we were like, maybe, maybe, maybe we should. We should. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. then I actually knew how to do it. I was like, okay, here's what we can buy. I know how to edit. Like, now I actually know how to do this thing. So we really had no excuse not to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like a lot of it starts with, well, maybe we should actually do it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It, it really came to a 
ahead when we were at a, a restaurant sitting at the bar and like maybe mostly through a bottle of wine and we were like we're gonna do it right we're gonna do yeah. it so <laughs> yeah there was so like that's... a shared iphone note situation uh that started it all <laughs> what yeah. do you think like when you think back on it now it's like i guess like if we if people were to ask us for advice we'd be like just do it but there yeah. is that hesitation like what do you think that that is do you think it's like oh, I have to have fancy equipment or is it, what are we going to talk about? Like, what do you think the hesitation was? Hmm. I don't know. I think it's, we both have hefty egos, I would say. Um, <laughs> okay. So, or reasonably sized egos. So it wasn't necessarily like, oh, like we don't know what we're doing. It was, I think it was kind of like, do, do like just the idea of of doing it like formalizing it and also I don't know if this is true for you Abigail but for me starting like a kind of not that this is a business in any form a or fashion, small business right <laughs> but like starting something like that with a friend it's like mm, what is that what does that do for the friendship you know which it's of course been fine because we're like best friends but a little piece of that was like are we ready to take that next step yeah. in our relationship <laughs> Yeah, I had a maybe like a little bit of that because when I had worked with Katie previously, she was my boss. So there was like a hierarchy. And now here we don't have a hierarchy, yeah. obviously. So it was like a different working relationship. But, you know, it's been mostly like, I think we've both kind of approached it of like, this is really fun. You know, if something comes out of it, that's really cool. Great. But if not, this is just a really fun side project for us to do on top of our other jobs because we love to give each other more employment apparently yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a very common theme with us. yeah like let's take a new job okay this is great this is fun um but yeah, life just... is not hectic enough already exactly. yeah <laughs> no we're journalists we need more jobs that's totally fine so yeah we started it last summer and it's really just been a lot of fun since then um but yeah I I think the hesitation maybe a little bit on either side but just like oh, okay, now we actually got to like take the steps to do it and yeah. formalize it like Katie was saying. Yeah, and like stay consistent too. It's like now we have like a regular schedule that we have to stay on and like be, you know, kind of organized about, so. How do you all choose like the books that you all want to read and discuss? Pure vibes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's kind I of a it. simple way to put it. We kind of like meet up and talk about like, oh, what's coming out? Like what authors do we really like already that we definitely want to discuss? Like, obviously we have to do the new Emily Henry because we love Emily Henry. Yeah. Um, sometimes we'll just like take a shot in the dark and be like, oh, this author is pretty popular. Let's see what happens with this, which is how we ended up with Angelica Frankenstein. Um, <laughs> a death a, journey. A very strange book. Um so it's kind of just like I was not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It was different than any book I've ever read. Yeah. Is, yeah. That's what I'll say about it. That's Aaron, you have to read way. it just so we can talk about it, Aaron. All right. All right. I'll check it out. It's yeah. Read lot, it this October. Man. Yeah. It is a lot. And I but. think we're getting another one, which I'm like, who? Wait, in that, I? like, yeah, I feel like I heard her on another podcast and I feel like she's not done with that world, which I was like, girl, we shouldn't have even, I don't think we should have done this one. Maybe I'm just a bad romance reader. <laughs> no, not at all. That was a strange one. And I, um, I'm shocked right now that we are going to go back to, uh, yeah, wherever that like took we're place. Done. I feel yeah. like somebody else from that story is getting a book, which Ooh, we'll see. I'm gonna... We'll see. I'll look that up later. That'll be a fun surprise. 
<laughs> oh, I feel like we have to read it too. Is the thing yeah. I feel obligated. I mean, now, Erin, you got to get caught up, and I then know. we'll yeah. just all yeah. have to read it together. Yeah. yeah. What all this, uh, what all this uh, anti-hype is about here. Yeah. When if we we're, do this, you guys can come and talk about it with us. Yeah, we're gonna come talk about it. And here yeah. we are. We're giving we're giving the book publicity, and we didn't even like it. So exactly. You know, it's. <laughs> It's no shade, Sally Thorne, but that book no. was just, it was a time. Um, so how do y'all feel? Do you feel like now that you've started the podcast, has it changed your perception of reading romance at all? Hmm. Not really. Um, I think really for me, the main thing that it's changed is like, you know, I, I read it a little differently because sometimes I'm reading it through the lens of like, if we're reading a book for the podcast, obviously I like take notes and highlight and stuff in a different way than if I were just doing it for fun. Um, but it hasn't, it hasn't really changed my perception of it other than I feel like I know Abigail's tastes even better. And so I'm going to be like, if I'm, I'm a faster reader than her. So if I'm ahead of her on a book that we're reading for the podcast, I'm like, she's going to hate this or something, you know, like I just know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, I don't think my my thoughts about romance has changed. Like, I still love it. I still think it's, like, worthy of discussion, which was a big reason we, like, wanted to do this. Um, but, yeah, it does make me a closer reader, especially when we're reading for the pod. Just like Katie said, you know, like, I take notes. I maybe try to slow down a little bit and, like, pay a little bit more attention. But um, but otherwise, you know, I think it's just made me appreciate it a bit more, too, yeah. of, like, everybody else who really likes romance. It's so fun. Um you know, I think I've learned a little bit more of what I like from a romance for sure, like Katie was kind of saying. Um, so yeah, if anything, it's just made me appreciate it even more. And um, it's been really fun to just like talk about it even more than we already were. So with your friend. Okay, so what have you realized you like? And for Katie, when you're reading and you're ahead of her and you know, oh, she's not gonna like this, like what is it? <laughs> like what have you all both learned about yourself from reading romance for the podcast? <laughs> Oh yeah, I, Katie answer first. Yeah, I I have uh I have a lower bar than Abigail has for sure. <laughs> I'm just like this is fun. Like I can I feel like I can find something. Like even Angelica Frankenstein when we were like discussing that book, I was like I'm going to find some stuff that I can pull out of this mm -hmm. that was fun cuz I don't want to just like, you know, hate on a book the entire yeah. time cuz I'm like, you know, Abigail and I are journalists, we're writers. We haven't written books, but we know what it takes to like pull together a creative project. And so um, I have learned that I have slightly lower standards <laughs> for better or for worse. Um, we've learned that I think we like a lot of the same tropes. I feel like, mm, like okay. we like, uh, we like, uh, an only one bed who doesn't, yeah. um, we like, uh, Aaron, you love a uh, one bed. Love, love an only one bed. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Something we can all agree on. Um, I read like spicier books than Abigail does. So sometimes if something is getting kind of spicy and it's not super well-written, I'm like, oh, can't wait for Abigail to get to this. <laughs> That's true. I think these are all correct of like Katie, because she is a faster reader than I am. She, I mean, she reads more than anybody I know. Um, so yeah, her bar is lower because she just needs more books to read, it seems. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, yeah. I think, yeah, one of, I'm trying to think of like the things I really, I think, I get like turned off more easily by like dialogue and characters. And then Katie is just more um, conditioned to like power through a book. And I am just like, no, I'm, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm not feeling it. So yeah. Um, so you're a DNFer. Okay. I am a DNFer. Um, I wish I was a little less of a DNFer, but if I get 
I feel like I give it a respectable amount of time, like 30 to 50%. If I'm not feeling it, I'll, I'll quit. Um, but it does make my like Goodreads goal look very unimpressive maybe at the end of the year <laughs> where I'm like, oh, I finished 40 books. I probably read like 50 or 60, just like maybe didn't finish all of them. So yeah. yeah. Us, uh, us non-DNFers can look up to you though. We, we wish we could get DNF a little more than we than we do. Aaron, you don't DNF. I I find it very hard to like you like I think my longest stretch was I came back to a book seven years after starting it okay. and finished yeah. it. So you'll <laughs> yeah. give it another chance. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I finished I DNF'd a book with like 30 pages left. Right. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. I was like, girl, you were almost done. But I was like, I can't take it anymore. And I look back okay, on that- it now and I'm like, you couldn't take 30 more pages of it. <laughs> That that is really impressive. I don't know if I could do that. I think if I'd gotten that far, I would have powered through to the end. That's really impressive. But that was back in my day where I was like a hardcore DNFer. I feel like mm. my, my old age, I've kind of like, well, let me just see if it gets better, you know? And then you get to the end and you're like, oh my God, I just wasted 72 hours on this book. <laughs> it's like you should yeah. just DNF the thing. Well, as we were chatting about like before we got started, we this the, we did read a Harlequin Presents together. Um <laughs> home of the alpha hero, usually a millionaire, a billionaire. And we've been seeing a lot of billionaire and romance discussion. What are y'all's thoughts on the billionaire romance? I was very caught up. This was also my first like Harlequin romance sort of thing. Also, I don't know if I've read very many like secret billionaire romances in general, which I know is a pretty prominent trope like across romance as a whole, whether it's like contemporary or not. Mm-hmm. Um I found myself getting very caught up in the logistics of how somebody becomes a multi-billionaire. Of, yeah. Right. Yeah. Is this a viable business uh, opportunity right. that this man <laughs> built billions of dollars in less than a decade? I don't I understand that Aaron. At all. I, I was like messaging yeah. Aaron yesterday and I was like telling him my kind of, you know, thoughts and gripes and about the book. And he said the same thing. He's like, yeah, w- wait till you get to the part where you find out how he became a millionaire. <laughs> so what I did, I was like, huh. I follow a lot of like HGTV people. Yes. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> They're like multi-billionaires. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I personally okay. know people who flip houses and they make about the same amount of money as I do. Just normal people. <laughs> they are normal people. It's the fantasy. I don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, Aaron? Like what are your billionaire and romance thoughts? I feel like it's, I feel like it's more of a tool. So I, I give it some grace because- it's a mechanic for the story so that money's not an object and so that these these characters or at least one of them can provide enough capital to just do whatever oh we're gonna go we're gonna globe trot here here and here and it doesn't matter um we're gonna eat at this fancy restaurant oh don't worry i've got uh, i've got people that can handle this that <laughs> or the other you know? <laughs> and i just feel like somewhere in modern history a million dollars or a multi-millionaire just became not enough and so they just had to <laughs> take it another step to that extra digit and so it's it's like the, I, I can kind of keep a separation between a billionaire and a romance novel and you know what we see from billionaires in the real world well I, we were talking earlier this week and one of my favorite podcasts is called sentimental garbage and every week they talk about something different and this past week they were actually talking about rich people and like our fascination with rich rich people and they were talking specifically about 
two shows, Su- Succession and White Lotus. I don't watch either one of them, but I guess they're about rich, rich people. And it was like, what is our Ooh. fascination with rich people? And I was like, this is perfect because we're literally talking about, uh, about a Harlequin Presents this weekend. And it's a multi-billionaire or whatever. And I was like, I was thinking, I'm like, if I would have been reading this a couple of years ago, I probably would have just been like blown away by the fantasy of it all. But as someone who was in this season of life, we're like, okay, I have finished grad school. I finished a teaching program. Now I'm looking for employment. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how much of the billionaire romance is like for me in this moment <laughs> as somebody that's like looking for a job, going on interviews, yeah. checking emails every five minutes. It's like, I don't know. Um, but what are y'all think? Like, what is our fascination with rich people? <laughs> oh, today? we are both watching Succession from the beginning currently. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, I Abigail I loves a, a silly rich person. I do, and not so much like a like a secret billionaire, multi billionaire, silly rich person romance, but like in contemporary romance, I love the ones that are like set in LA and like they go to Rodeo Drive and they go to out to fancy dinners all the time maybe I can put it more in the camp of like celebrity romance mm. but I do love a silly rich person thing like you know growing up reading like the click which is all about like silly rich people um terrible books I would not recommend any <laughs> middle schooler read them anymore but like I love them I just like sped through every single one and I don't know that's something I can't let go of I just love like glitz and glamour and like I am not necessarily like a glamorous person either so maybe that's part of it um I don't know secession maybe this is true for all of it but I know secession specifically what I love about it and this also applies to white lotus too is like rich people gossip is just like elite it is so different than normal people gossip. Like the stakes are so much higher. That's maybe what it is. Katie and I also just generally love gossip. We're nosy people. Um, we're so maybe that's Yeah, we're journalists. We're paid to be nosy. Um, <laughs> I think that might be part of it. It's just like, this is gossip that is so removed from like anybody's reality who like we're normal people. We're not loaded by any means, but yeah. um yeah, I think like it's how dare so she rip- bring another sweet, uh, sweet yes. potato pie to the bake sale? Yeah, <laughs> rich people are like their their gossip is on a totally different level. Yeah, these are like not problems in real life, and so I think maybe that's part of it. It's just like, oh my gosh, this is gossip I will never ever come across in real life. Um, like in an episode of Secession that I haven't made it to yet, but has been memed, is like a piece of gossip is the uh, cousin Greg. Katie brings somebody to a party and he she brings this like giant Burberry bag, which is a they huge talked faux about pas. this on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes. And like and everybody that... was in support of him calling her out on the bag. Yes. And like that being gossip for somebody is just like so funny to me. Of like <laughs> this incredible. woman brought yeah, this woman brought the wrong luxury bag and it is too large uh for this kind of place because everybody else is so much richer than Burberry which oh okay so um just I think that genre of gossip is so funny to me um and again I do love a silly rich people romance I love a I love a long dinner where people are just revealing information so yeah I I agree I like I also think Abigail and neither Abigail nor I grew up particularly well off and so I think it's the fantasy of it um but I also I think I like you know Aaron when you were talking about like oh it it like 
helps the story that someone is a billionaire. That's how I feel about like The Bachelor, right? Like it's all like Mm -hmm. suspended reality of like, of course we can take this helicopter ride, um, (laughs) you know, for our date, um, which happens in the book. And like, I think it's just like, it just makes life so much easier. And so you're able to put yourself in that world of like, what if my life was so easy? I could just helicopter ride to my date, you know? And it's like a nice little fantasy where I don't have to be like, well, in real life, I have to go do my dishes and water the plants and it's kind of cold outside and I don't like it. And, but I can be like, no, instead I'm on this helicopter. In the fantastical world, I would not be looking for a job. Okay. To teach, which is, you know, one of the most underpaid jobs. I would love to be on a helicopter. (laughs) So should we just, should we just look at it for the like fantasy fairy tale story driver that it is should we just chill out on it do you think that is a great question (laughs) because if I think too hard about like why I don't like to think about why perhaps you know maybe mostly women like reading books about mostly men who are very wealthy and can provide for them I don't want to look at that too closely because that stresses me (laughs) out so the fantasy piece of it is like maybe the land that I like to live in yeah so what was y'all's before this book Tell us your relationship with category romance. Were we newbies? Had we ever read maybe one? Did our moms read it? Yeah. What was the perception (laughs) of Harlequin romance? Non-existent. Yeah. We were total newbies. I've never read one before. Katie, I don't think you had read one before either. Not, Um, not, not knowing that that's what it was like it, perhaps I have picked one up, but not with the knowledge that this is a thing basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My mom growing up was very into like Jodi Picoult and maybe like that kind of like women's fiction that like sometimes has romance into in it. But um, like we didn't I, don't, I I would just like see them in the Barnes and Noble and those like giant bookshelves of like there were so many of the shirtless men covers. And that was kind <laughs> of my my introduction to it, which I had never picked one up until now. So total newbie. Yeah, completely new. My mom read like Dean Koontz paperbacks. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. My mom did those too. She and Nanny. But the but but yeah, same thing with the like shirtless man cover. Like it was a we didn't have a bookstore in my town. So like at Walmart, yeah. like walls and walls of shirtless Fabios. Mm-hmm. See, before I started reading it, I don't remember seeing them at all, but I don't think I was looking for them, you know, and I I haven't been reading romance that long. So yeah, when I discovered them, I was like, oh, they are literally everywhere. (laughs) What was was I looking for before then? Mm -hmm. So, well, we read Bound by a Sicilian Secret by Lila Mae White. Tell us y'all's overall thoughts on the pick. Yeah, because this is a presents. We threw you two into the deep end uh, when it comes to Harley. <laughs> what a journey this was. It was a journey. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Truly a journey. I did not know what to expect from it. Also, my fiance is Italian. His family is like from Milan. So I was just like, ooh, ooh this feels a little topical. <laughs> he is. Um, Does he, he have a helicopter? A secret yeah. helicopter? No one has informed me of a secret helicopter or a 300-foot yacht that uh, I hope I will get to see at some point. It's coming later, okay? It's coming later. There better be a yacht. (laughs) Yeah. What what is this all for? We need to be tagged in the We need to be tagged in the photos. What is this all for if I can't get a yacht? What is this all for? (laughs) What are any of us going through this for? (laughs) Yeah. Katie is my matron of honor, so she's um, also taking on some wedding stress, but... (laughs) 
It's all worth it if we get a yacht. Um, <laughs> That's true. I better get a yacht yeah. at the end of this. Tell Austin. That's what I want. I'm telling, you're going to be I'll book two. Him. Okay. You're the heroine of book two. Yes. yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a wedding series. <laughs> this was a, this was a journey and it was, um, it was a ride. It was fun. It was very different than anything we've read for our podcast. Things I generally read. I didn't really know what to expect. Um, it was a quick read for sure. So I don't know. It was, it was different. It was, it was a journey. Yeah. There were lots of settings. I, Abigail and I are not great about reading like blurbs and stuff before we pick up a book. We generally just like go in blind. Um, So I had not read anything about this book beyond y'all just being like, this is the one we're going to read. And I was like, word, let's do it. (laughs) So I was completely surprised. Um, Uh, it's the, the things go zero to 100 in these books really fast. Really fast. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So that was unexpected. Um, also the writing style to me made it seem like it was like, like, I was like, what time period is this taking place? Mm -hmm. Like what, like decade or century is this taking place in? Because like the, some of the dialogue was almost very like Regency, like Mm -hmm. proper, but then I was like, wait, they're like, someone's talking about like, so did someone talk about texting or something? There was some kind of modern reference that I was yeah. like, hang on. I don't, I don't know where we are in time. <laughs> she gets a laptop at some point. He gets her a laptop. Oh, yeah. We get, yes, we get a laptop it. case reference. Yeah. I was yep. like, well, what about the laptop? Is there a laptop in there? I don't know. Erin. Um, Just a case. You picked this for us. So tell us, you know, tell us why. We know you really loved the first book. Um, tell us, tell us your your motives behind this one yeah so basically it's um i love the first book this is the second book that leela has written uh her first one was the debut that was um his desert bride by demand and she does such a good job just capturing the presents vibe that um one it's a it's a book that came out this month in the united states so i was excited to get to it and yeah i thought it would be a an interesting thing to to break some people in on uh, on Harlequin <laughs> to to give them a very presency presents book. Okay, so I have a question. What is the difference between Harlequin and then Harlequin presents? So Harlequin is like the overall like umbrella publishing company, and then within that there are lines that they do for the the category romances. They also have like HQN. And other things which are you know your more traditional single title stuff but when you talk about a harlequin book it's when you go into the used bookstore and you see just the shelves and shelves and shelves of those about fifty thousand page books um that have just those very recognizable covers and usually a lot of people go into that section or like i don't even know where to start here and you know they they turn around dizzy so there's different lines there's like romantic suspense there's um special edition which is like small town so it's it's like they have these themes within these lines that the books all the books in those lines follow and presents is just like drama in in a regular romance where something would be like a a a two to like a six harlequin presents is like no let's just take it to 11. okay that 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 explains a lot yeah, because yeah. I texted Abigail earlier and I was like, they've gotten into like three fights in the last like <laughs> 10 minutes of me reading this book. <laughs> yeah. The drama of it all. Drama. Presents tend to be, what, about like 211-ish pages. So you get a lot in like chapter one and chapter two. 
Mm-hmm. And then, okay. then the pacing may slow down a little bit, but like you get a lot of front loading. And I think that one of, like Aaron said, like everyone is every of the, all the lines are so different. It's just a marketing thing. It's like what you're in the mood for. If you're in for um sweet, small town, you're going to go to heartwarming or faith-based. You'll go to love inspired presents is like the fantasy. It's the fantasy. It's the fairy tale and it's the drama. <laughs> And it's the wealth mm-hmm. <laughs> that is present. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think this is like the perfect line to have like thrown you all into and see what you think. It's going to oh, be this so makes fun. so much sense yeah. now. Trial this by fire. So much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we typically don't do this. So bear with us. Jump in. Feel free. Give commentary. Yes. You know, our, mm-hmm. this is one of our few play by plays of a book. Um, And we're just so excited. Okay. So chapter one in the beginning of the book, guys. We meet our heroine of the novel, Flora Bick, if that is even her name. Okay. (laughs) When we meet Flora, when we meet her, very, we learn that due to a broken ankle, okay, um, she has learned that her parents are not her biological parents and that her birth mother died because of an addiction. We meet that we we learn that she has been raised as like a daughter of dairy farmers. Her father is unknown. She's really struggling with this information. Okay. That's a big, I feel like big deal, especially in the first like half of this book is her struggling with, oh my gosh, they've been lying to me, Um, which, it, you know, understandable, understand. I was just like, a broken ankle can do that. <laughs> I know it wasn't like she was like in a coma or something like <laughs> a broken ankle. <laughs> yep. Just one limb. <laughs> And then we meet our hero. So we meet both of them. Chapter one. I'm calling him Raffaele. Is that how we say it? Yeah. Sure. Okay. That's how I read it. Um, That's how I read it. He is grieving the loss of his mother who lost her battle with depression and leapt to her death. Um, His mother spent 30 years waiting on the soon that never came. She was the nanny to his father's children when she became pregnant. So it sounds like she was like raised in an orphanage, got a job as like the family nanny, slept with the husband, got pregnant. We have Raffaele. They're discarded into the countryside of Sicily with a wad of cash and the promise of soon that never came. Um, And the first meeting between these two happens when Raffaele sees Flora walk over to the balcony arms outstretched, gazing up at the night sky, leaning over the edge. And I was like, is this a suicidal moment? Like, honestly, (laughs) it was. And she's wearing that big ball gown, too, that she had bought, too. And I was just it Mm -hmm. it was a little bit of a shock. Quite quite honestly, that's why I was like, what time period are we in? That was like why I was like, where are we? What are we doing? (laughs) So thoughts on chapter one, thoughts on meet cute. What did y'all think? first chapter it was all very stressful (laughs) (laughs) they're both in like like you said this very uh they're in the throes of like emotional turmoil in general and then when they meet and they just kind of just like stare at each other for a second just like literally like that that's how I read it and then just like very quickly they're like oh okay cool um (laughs) yeah not not a lot of actual like who are you? Who are you? Sort of going on. I think at one point he asked her, like, are you real? Or maybe she asked him. Yeah. yeah. Something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I, I agree with you, Katie. At one point I was like, I th- I think it's modern times, but like, she is in a big dress. This hotel seems like fancy, but like pastimes fancy. So yeah. I mean, it's I fancy know. to I, the point where like, she doesn't even know that he, he, she, he can see her. She can't see him. He's right. like behind a 
secret glass or something. <laughs> yeah. There's big curtains everywhere. You know, I, I was along for the ride. I was, this was, yeah, I did wonder if she was about to leap off the balcony though. That's what she- I know. I thought maybe he was going to like, re- like rescue her, for, like keep her from doing it or something. And that's how this was all going to. It felt like a Titanic moment, right? Like yeah. it ah. saves her from jumping off the boat, the ship. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think, Aaron? Very well, very presents like this, this opening here, <laughs> the, the, just the drama on both sides. And I think there was, I think that was purposeful. Um, the worrying about if this is a, you know, is she going to leap off the, uh, the building moment because that drives right at Raffaele's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, his trauma. So I, I, I really liked the intro with, you know, the, the visual of the big ball gown, you know, blowing in the wind and, him just going up to her and just taking her hand and, and it the, felt uh, kind of dark fairy tale-ish right mm-hmm. almost yeah. yeah I've been reading the the Akatar books for the first time which is a journey that I'm currently going on and there were definitely some like parallels that I that I felt in just like the way the drama of it all I yeah. feel like we should preface this whole episode with the drama of it all, okay? Yes, <laughs> right. it's all about the drama. <laughs> well, then we we learn in chapter two um, that Flora is not only a virgin, but she has never been kissed. The chapter one kind of ends off with them like, okay, let's go sleep together. And so chapter two is basically them two having sex. Um, yes. After they have sex, <laughs> Raffaele goes to the bathroom and is leaning against the door and upon looking down at himself, realizes the condom was torn. So his brain begins screaming that history is repeating itself, an innocent, a seduction, a baby. He walks back to the bedroom and Flora is gone. Uh, He immediately begins thinking of the child and how it will never be unwanted and will be aware of who it was and where it's from. And he is determined now to find her. So I don't know, chapter two felt really kind of quick sexual encounter oh god the the condom is broke boom she's gone within a matter of minutes so sometimes when these women just like disappear in books like this after they've slept with somebody i'm like why don't you want to stick around like aren't you don't you want to like know what's going on this is my nosiness (laughs) coming up though right don't you want to know this guy's story more you don't even know his name (laughs) his name at least (laughs) yeah because she doesn't know his name at this point which i was also like that's crazy yeah okay but you know, she, for being, I also was like, oh, she's a virgin. She's never kissed anybody. She's, she's really diving head first. That's good for Flora. All right. But yeah. The guy I she... was a little worried for her. I was like, have we thought this through? Is this really the way that we want this to go down? Is this a healthy choice that we're making here, Flora? <laughs> she said, I'm going for it. I'm going to be this woman. So, you know, I'm, I, she, she's committed. I, I appreciate that. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then yeah. she runs off. And I guess having got to know a little bit about her, this was a very like introspective written book. So I think like having gotten to know like the conflict she's dealing with, it's like she was finally in control of a choice and her choice was, I'm going to go sleep with this man right now. And I was like, okay, girl, I'm not mad at it. (laughs) Okay. That's what you feel you need to do. Um, the, all of a sudden being gone, I'll be honest, I was not expecting. So I was like, okay, all right. I'm, I see, I kind of see where this is going. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, this chapter is like, so for anyone that doesn't know, presents is probably my favorite Harlequin line and it's for 
reasons like this. Like, um, I'm not particular, like, I, I wouldn't say I'm a fan of the virgin heroine, but it's just such a, a like, very common piece in a presents novel. But the, the crisis that both of the individuals are in, you know, Flora's like having this identity crisis of, oh, who am I? You know, I was always this reserved person and just throwing caution to the wind. Oh, this this man is here and it's just perfect. And um, I'm just going to follow this feeling that I have and just do something that I wouldn't do because I don't know who I am. Like maybe, maybe this is, is the person I am. Maybe I'm random like this. Uh, and the, uh, and then of course, like the disappearing afterwards, the, again, dialing the drama to 11. It's like, oh my gosh, what did I do? Like, okay, I had that fantasy, but now it's gone. Now I have to run back to the security. I got to run back of- to my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he and even like, says at one point, he's like, I don't, I don't even sleep with virgins. And I'm like, oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, right. Well, can't unring that bell, sir. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love, I love that, like, in a lot of presents novels, there's these like Cinderella tones. So he goes on this mission to like, oh, I have to find this, this runaway woman that, you know, I have to I, find the shoe that fits. Exactly. The, the, yeah. fits the shoe. Yeah. <laughs> Which, the baby, which only a billionaire would have the <laughs> resources the baby. to, uh, to yeah. you know, <laughs> knock on all the doors in the kingdom. Yes, yes. Okay, so next chapter, he has tracked Flora down despite the fact that she used her birth name, Flora Campbell, to check into the hotel. Uh, we're given an idea of how Raffaele has earned his riches. He scrimped and saved and purchased his first renovation project, pulled it apart and put it back together brick by brick and posted it online, having tourists post pretty pictures of his renovations and then sold it. So Raffaele is like in the renovations business, which I'm always um, excited to see how our presents heroes have made their money. And as someone that loves renovation shows, I wasn't mad at this. I was a little bit like, how did you really get rich off this? But if it isn't a place like Sicily or whatever, I can kind of see it. Yeah. If it's like aimed at tourists and stuff like that, that makes more sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. And you I, know, I, I, I kind of love that he used social media as a, yeah. you know, driver for that. A um, modern businessman. We get that Flora has fallen back into her farmhand routine, but has an intense bone deep fatigue running through her body. Okay. Wonder uh, why. <laughs> wonder why. Yeah. Uh, through her introspection, we get that she'd become overwhelmed by going off script by and allowing the intensity of her feelings to take root. So she ran back to her life, to what she knew. Um, the chapter ends with him asking her if she's pregnant, something she has apparently not considered, and she faints. What are what do we think about <laughs> the end of chapter three? I was like, she's okay. I am not like Aaron said. I'm not always a fan of the virgin heroine. I don't want to just like say all women are out here and we lose our virginities before we meet the love of our life. But being realistic, sometimes I'm like, girl, you've never like went out with your girlfriends and met somebody at a bar. I don't know. And so she felt a little naive. But then I thought a lot about her parents. And I guess I thought a lot about why we shelter our kids and what we shelter our kids from. So then I kind of eased off of her a little bit because her parents obviously knew about her birth mother. And that's why maybe they were so like over sheltering of her. Mm -hmm. But I was just like, girl, you had sex with a guy and you never thought, well, he never, she didn't know the condom broke, but like, as a woman, I think you can kind of tell like something is different. (laughs) 
something is different. Yeah. I'm a lot more tired than I was once upon a time. It was just interesting that the surprise pregnancy really came from him coming to her about it. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. As someone who always thinks that she's like sick or has some sort of condition, I cannot relate to Flora because <laughs> anytime something is just a little different in my body, I'm like, I probably have cancer or something. I don't know. <laughs> but also like, again, I say, I am just concerned about Flora. I'm like, are like, I want to like big sister her a little bit. I'm like, honey, did no one tell you that this was the thing that, 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 that might would happen. <laughs> like it, it is perhaps a consequence of our decisions. And did we really make the best decision here? So I'm just like, it, it's kind of, kind of the same as you, Brie. Like, I feel a little like maybe she's naive, but I'm more like, bless your heart. Like we, like, <laughs> like, come on, girl, how'd we get here? Again, I'm, I'm all about the drama. So like, I, I'm so <laughs> forgiving about presents books because you know, it's, I, I'm not advocating for like abstinence only education or anything like that, but we all know condoms aren't foolproof and it just takes one time. But like the, the fateness, I guess, of the, <laughs> the one time and there's just the, 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 what are the chances and the tracking her down and her being just that much, that naive about the situation like pregnant what are you kidding no no no, no. yeah <laughs> he's yeah. like all right pee on this stick we'll see yeah yeah, yeah that was a whole thing <laughs> we'll get there well when i was i messaged I, I was messaging aaron and i'm like the condom conveniently broke at the right time of the month for her to get pregnant too like right. it is it's a all science. of the things <laughs> and that he is just immediately convinced like she's pregnant yeah. I gotta go <laughs> like not even like hey I gotta tell you like maybe we should take a test you know just let you know he's very much like no she's pregnant right I, I guess know. it's like it's kind of the opposite of the secret babies that we probably have all read at some point where she found out she was pregnant by a billionaire and she's like well screw it I'm just gonna raise this kid on my own and then 12 mm -hmm. years later it's like oh yeah you have a kid like no the hero oh that's in this a good one, point <laughs> the hero yeah. in this one's yeah. like the condom broke uh yeah she might be pregnant i might need to go <laughs> search the entire country for her <laughs> yeah also wanted to know the logistics of landing a helicopter on a dairy farm without yes. waking everybody up <laughs> right she <laughs> right. she came out and she was like i didn't want to wake up my parents and i was like well did they not like notice a <laughs> did they not hear the helicopter? literal landing by your cows i don't know but but also it doesn't really matter but i was very curious of yeah. where do you land a helicopter in a cow field I don't know. So chapter four, the next chapter, the pregnancy between the unwanted bastard and the miracle. Okay. This is the rest <laughs> of the story. <laughs> what a turn of phrase. <laughs> it's perfect. Rafa Raffaele wants Flora to take a pregnancy test. She agrees to go to his home to take it on one condition. He doesn't reveal his real name unless the pregnancy test is positive because if she is not pregnant, Nothing up to that point will have mattered. I kind of was not mad at that. I was like, this feels very progressive for Flora up to this point. Like, I don't need to know your name if this comes back not positive. So what what did y'all think about that little tidbit? The the logic ain't logic in for me. Oh, the logic was logicking for me. I got it. Yeah. But yeah, it kind of made sense to me. For somebody who has not really had any like romantic relationships in her life, from what I understand. Um, you know. 
if if this was if it was not meant to be then she can just like kind of go on back and live on our dairy farm yeah and kind of forget about it i don't know i mean like it's not great logic but it did make sense (laughs) yeah like maybe it's just so different from what i would do that i'm like i again are we making the right decisions (laughs) again Mm -hmm. i want information at all points and so yeah the logic is i understand it would it would i do it no but (laughs) yes flora flora i understand flora i get it yeah definitely um the going back to she had this crazy night maybe has some feelings about that but she's returned to her stability because it's not like her parents don't love her and so she's very much like well i'm here i'm back here i don't need to be drugged back into this whirlwind of whatever this is between us you know yeah so yeah i hear you i'm with you i feel like that kind of condition plays into like the fantasy of it all because it's like well if it's not then I'll always have that mm. one night and whatever with a stranger <laughs> yeah yeah that I can just see. let it be what it is yeah. yeah just let it be what it was um and so that chapter ends with her realizing she's not leaving as Flora Campbell or Flora Bick but as a potential mother and someone soon to be wife so Flora at this point is still stuck I don't know I feel like for like the first couple of chapters it's like this interesting look at identity and I feel like for her that kind of fades away the more like the further we get into the book I don't know I feel like she was constantly stewing on that which rightfully so you've just learned like your whole life was basically a lie Um, but then it kind of fades away did y'all feel like that or was that just did I miss something I felt like that too. I feel like his stuff came up more later on, whereas hers was more Mm -hmm. at the beginning. So maybe that was just like a deliberate shifting. I don't know. But I I definitely felt the same way. It seemed like she kind of moved on from that relatively quickly. Yeah. Yeah, She Mm -hmm. makes a big choice at the end that, you know, makes her definitely more a self-assured version of herself than she is in the beginning of the book. So so proud of her in that moment. I was like, God, I was like, damn it. Yes. (laughs) she did a good thing she did a good thing (laughs) okay so chapter five they get closer to Raffaele's home Flora realizes she does want to know his name and who he is all of a sudden I want to rip off the blindfold that's been obscuring the view my whole life and go into this with my eyes wide open Uh, we learn that he's a multi-billionaire he's Raffaele Russo CEO of Russo Renovations pretty pictures make money we learn that pretty photos and social media helped him get where he is And the chapter ends with him thinking he wouldn't fail his own again, thinking of losing his mother and Flora's potential pregnancy. That's what I got. That was my takeaway from chapter five. Like, uh, Raffaele, we figure like this is important for him to find out, important for him to know because of his own like childhood traumas, which I think this is where the book kind of shifts. And I feel like so much of the focus is really on on him. What did y'all think? Any other takeaways from chapter five? I, nope, it's just still blind. It's still mind blowing to me that we're we're in a helicopter to go take a pregnancy test. Like, could you just go to CVS? Like, <laughs> there's a gas station right there on my corner. Like, you don't have to go that far. Yeah. Taking the pregnancy on the yacht too. Taking the test on a 300 foot yacht. Like, <laughs> you know, this was this is like like taking a pregnancy test really in style. Yeah, so. it really could have taken like 15 minutes. What? <laughs> but girl then we wouldn't, wouldn't have gotten all this other it. What girl yeah. wouldn't want to take it on a yacht? Okay. True. Also, True. I have to say, like, the pregnancy test they get also tells her how far along she is. Do those exist? That's what I was wondering. I was I wondering. Don't, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. I didn't think so either. 
I um have not taken like a super high tech pregnancy test anytime soon, anytime recently, but uh told her she was pregnant or not pregnant and how far along she was. And I was just like, have we have we like grown that much as a society that an at home pregnancy are test a can do that? Multi billionaire. That's true. Anything yes. is possible. Okay. That's true. Yes, you're right. These are only available to multi billionaires. Yes. Okay. He got one from I'm the, the CEO friend of the pharmaceutical company. Yes. <laughs> New technology. Yeah, he's got a hookup. You're absolutely right. It, within that six week period, he made it happen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I need a pregnancy <laughs> test. I need to know how far along she is. <laughs> Genuinely, I mean, I when he. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely, when he was like, oh, when she was like, oh, you have a pregnancy test. And he was like, it's at my house or whatever. I seriously thought he would have like a team of doctors waiting for her. Like, what that's what I was right? expecting. Yeah. I thought the doctors were going to be the pregnancy test. And he was going to be like, <laughs> yeah. here you go. <laughs> well, my only takeaway from chapter six was Flora calls her mother to tell her she's pregnant. And mom is happy about it. This was wild yeah yeah <laughs> again i'm very stressed i'm stressed for everyone involved i i love that that she just stepped onto a helicopter on her dairy farm letting no one know that she was leaving and then days later calls her mother and is like hey i'm pregnant getting married <laughs> like, <laughs> have you noticed i haven't it. been around um <laughs> i got on a helicopter and again, that her mother's just like, okay, great. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I love that there was sure. no like family drama. Okay. Yes. <laughs> really, there was no yeah. family drama by the I, characters that were alive. Okay. I do love that she had familial support. And, you know, there was some yeah. concern there, um, you know, for page count. You know, we were just skipped over the whole, where have you been for several days? Like, you just, dis you just disappeared out yeah. of the, you went out into the fields and then never came back. <laughs> Yeah, we don't we don't have time for that. We got to focus on the real drama. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know, officer. The last time we saw her, she climbed a ladder into a <laughs> helicopter and <laughs> was flown away. <laughs> she could be anywhere. Was, Who knows? It was a fancy helicopter, so we weren't worried. <laughs> She's probably well cared for. <laughs> so in Chapter 7, she's called her mom already. Uh, Raffaele shows no interest in asking how the conversation went. The only family I care for about is sitting at this table, which stings for her. Um, this is when I became a little confused, but whatever. It was just like we the past couple of chapters, she seems really not angry, but kind of frustrated. Who am I kind of thing? But I think that's when maybe she realizes like this is my family. They are being supportive. So when he says that and it stings, I'm like, girl, you were just like super kind of pissed at these people for not telling you that they they aren't your real parents or whatever. But I, I think that's when it kind of maybe shifts for her because it's like they are supportive they are her, they are her family um he informs flora that they will be in sicily in two weeks after she tells him about her mother's upcoming birthday which is where he intends they raise their child and he also tells her we'll we'll be we'll be married by next week <laughs> and she's hesitant because of her life leading up to all this she feels she didn't have choices she just always acted and this chapter ends with flora feeling that all raffaele wants is the baby which I mean, kind of seems that like way that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Raffaele and switches to like full alpha hole mode here, which is very presents. Like he, I didn't know quite what to feel about him in the first few chapters. You know, with chasing after her when he suspected she was pregnant because like I'm not going to be my dad. I'm not going to just abandon 
uh, the mother and my child. And, and it seemed like he was, you know, really all about making this work. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, I'm going to make all these decisions for us. Yeah, we're getting married. Um, you know, oh, but it's, it's not about you. I don't care if your parents are there. Like, this is what we're doing. And, and just not, uh, not giving her any, any say in anything, which yeah. I don't, care for personally but for the sake of a presents like i'm here for it because that's just that's just the drama that the I'm drama for. of it all <laughs> yeah it felt like it he, he um it felt like he, his obligation was the baby and she was just the carrier of the child mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> which it's like okay thank you for planning and hoping and being excited to do the right thing by your child but like I'm here too. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, in chapter eight, his worst fear comes to life. Um, they may be currently living on his yacht, but neither he, the staff or crew can find Flora, um, which is, you know, kind of going back to his mother and all of that. And they're experiencing a storm. So they're on a yacht. There's a storm. They can't find her. And they finally find her located in the Sky Lounge asleep. Uh, Flora tries to get Raffaele to admit that he was concerned for her while she was missing, but he won't. And then um, she asks him, how can we get married? He says, you're pregnant. And she responds, <laughs> yes, I'm pregnant, but how can I marry you when you don't trust me? So that's, that's chapter eight. That's, that's a very real conversation to have. It's like, you're pregnant. We're getting married. And she's like, you, you, you thought I left. I was up here asleep in the sky lounge. Like, how can we get married? if you can't even trust me to be asleep kind of thing. So I feel like this is when things start to get real. Well, they decide they're going to have sex again, which I didn't know they had decided they weren't. So that was a development. <laughs> yeah. We hit some yeah. emotional beats. Again, I was like, are we all making good decisions here? I'm not. <laughs> it's very stressful. Also, really just impressed that the yacht is so big that someone can get lost on it. That somebody can get lost. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think he even yells at the captain. He's like, how do you lose her? It's only 300 feet. I'm like, a 300 foot long yacht is a lot, buddy. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. And yeah. then he has her like looking at security footage and whatnot. That, that, that what I was impressed with on how she snuck out of there somehow. But, you know, I, if I was, I'd be like, a big boat. I didn't know it was my job to like keep, keep tabs on your girl. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was my job. Yeah. I'm captaining the ship. Yeah. <laughs> Well, in chapter nine, disappearing from you, buddy. Huh? Right? <laughs> yeah, you yeah, can't. Sounds like a you girl. problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have sex for the first time since their initial encounter uh, in chapter nine, and Flora realizes she is in love. She goes from pretty naive to she was a woman who would claim the wants of her body and the needs of her heart from this day forth. Because what was life without risk? Without choice, Flora wants to persuade Raffaele to explore the chemistry between them, to understand it before they marry and before the baby comes. What do we think about Flora in love in chapter nine? Well, I mean, like her, I'm very worried that it's maybe just her addictive personality that she's just diving into and not not actual. She's just lust drunk on on things. Anyway, yeah. that's just me buying into the uh, the drama there, um, which which I found. I, I found I loved like this, you know, it's something to take seriously, you know, her situation of her birth and everything, but the, the constant worry of like, I was just, just me forming an addiction. Yeah. Mm. Cause she, we do get like it. I can't remember what chapter it was. Right. But like, she does say she, once she learned about her mother, she found out she was born 
an addict, right? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. addicted to something. Okay. So yeah. So to her, a lot of things are starting to make sense of like her impulsive personality and all of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. I'm generally not. And Abigail and I have talked about this on our pod before. I'm generally not like an Insta love kind of girl. It's, it's always, I'm always skeptical. And so this, I'm again, I'm just going back to like, Flora, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> big sis Katie. I know. Yeah. I'm that's, I was I'm really I was really big sis in Florida yeah. or Flora during all of this because I was like, I feel I feel very protective of whatever's happening here. Yeah. I feel like yeah. I, I'm with you on that one, especially in chapter nine. I was like, girl, mm-hmm. he he does not seem like he's on the same page as you. And I feel mm-hmm. like I need to protect you from this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got some more inner work to do that he hasn't done yet. Flora, you're, Flora's on a journey that he's not necessarily on at the moment. <laughs> they both need good therapists. <laughs> yes. Yes. Agreed. Well, chapter 10, Rafa, he, I'm, I just want to call him Rafi, but you know, whatever. Raffaele. <laughs> Rafi, like the children's singer. I want to shorten it. It's like, it's a lot. So he tells Flora the story of his mother ending her life, that it was the illusion of love that killed her. This is why he believes that love is like a myth. Um, and now that they are on their way to his home, he admits to Flora that what happened on the boat wasn't happiness. It was sex, that it was a mistake. And it's time they move past it. They do the right thing for their child. Flora asks that if he loves her, he choose instinct and get rid of the list he's given her. He gives her a list because she sees him and she knows he sees her. Raffaele asks her to marry him again. She says, okay. It was a lot for me to to process chapter 10, you guys. I was like, I don't, <laughs> I feel like I'm missing something. So, you yeah. know, we had to. <laughs> yeah, a lot of action. Their pants. Yeah. yeah, in a very short period of time. A lot going on. Yeah. Um, chapter 11. So it's it's wedding time. Raffaele talks to his dead mother's grave on his wedding day before the wedding. And unbeknownst to him, Flora is behind him and overhears everything. Him admitting that he cannot love her, but that he will turn to his turn his mother's house into the home she was never given, the home she was denied. She presses on with the wedding and tells him they should start something that's theirs, nothing to do with the past and everything to do with the future. They walk to the wedding space and are surrounded by the community who'd saved him, the boy who pulled them up in the world and he she just wants him to know or feel that he's always been loved he just didn't understand what do we think of chapter 11 what do we think of the dead mother talking what do we think about flora overhearing it and still going on with the wedding because i'm like i would have run away brided it at that moment yes (laughs) yeah i was like she's like out of there girlfriend we're not i'm not behind this yeah she uh one as somebody attempting to plan a wedding right now um just showing up sounds fucking great sorry i don't know if you curse on this podcast <laughs> just showing up sounds great um and having everything done uh that sounds amazing on the other hand uh if i heard my fiance talking to his dead mother about how he's never gonna love me uh yeah it's time to go it's, it's time, time to, go. to go yeah get out of there yeah time to go i i respect how much she like dug her heels in and stood her ground against him you know <laughs> like he's like i'm gonna make him gonna, i'm, I'm she, already here she's gonna fix him and you know what <laughs> i can respect I love her that. tenacity <laughs> she did say she loves fixing things she gets a, kind of addicted to fixing things so i was like okay all right oh. but in that moment when you're talking to your dead mom's grave and you're like i will never love her mom but i will turn your house into a home i would have been like 
Yeah. <laughs> so the wedding is over. They're on their way to the house. There is sex in the car. Okay. Sex in the car. Just witnessed you talking shit about me to your dead mom that you'll never love me, but we're having sex in the car. Why not? Uh, my emotions sure. were heightened at this point. Okay. Uh, Flora tries to make Raffaele see that what he feels for her is love, that love is actions. And he's been showing her he loves her this whole time, which I was like, you know what? I, I feel you. I do feel you on that. Uh, Raffaele tells her love will never find you in that house. And Flora tells him to Oof. get out of the car. She instructs the driver to take her to the airport. Raffaele lets her go. What do y'all think? Chapter 12. I'm going to fight this man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A lot of big things happening here. Um, yeah, you'll never find love in that house. Ow. Also, yeah, definitely, Flora, time to go. Um, but also, Flora, how are you going to get on a plane in a wedding dress with no identification? She has a suit jacket full of money. That'll get you somewhere, but, like, you have Not nothing. far. Yeah, I guess yeah. it depends how much money she has, because, you know. What did he say, like, she has enough money in her her pocket to fly around the world like three times or something yeah. i was like okay that's how she's clearly yeah. gonna fly home with no id that's what yeah, money can do she's gonna pay off tsa yeah how big was that wad of cash i want to know i want a number and also why was it in his wedding suit pocket just in case just in case, yeah, in case she took it and ran away with it yeah you, yeah. you got a plan for everything yeah <laughs> okay erin you know. give us give us your your insights into it erin what do you think all right. Well, they, I mean, they have to give in to their lust and, you know, post nuptial sex in the car, like 11, dial it to 11. Yeah. Let's go crazy with it. And he said some, some hurtful things here, but we know back in chapter eight with that storm on the boat that he is not, he's not fighting Flora on these feelings. He is fighting himself because we've known since then how in love he is with her, but he just does not know how to show it because he's he's so afraid of being his own father that he's just it's it's becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy almost. And Flora knows that, but she she lets him go in that scene is is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Presents is um, and especially like this book by Leela, she did just a fantastic job. It's like a it's a character study of, of daddy issues, okay? Yeah. <laughs> character study of daddy issues. In all their forms. <laughs> what a great uh, descriptor. Right? Yeah. That's, chapter 13, I feel like the only thing that I took away was he goes after her. Anything else? Yes. Anybody? <laughs> yeah. They've got a big notebook moment. Yeah. Yeah. He goes I, after her. I appreciate the quick resolution after the uh after the conflict breakup so i i enjoyed that yeah also, it was really quick one of the things that abigail and i always talk about when we're talking about our contemporary romance novels is that you know there's always this conflict right before the end this this remains true and no matter what type of romance novel you're reading mm -hmm. but like half the time they're so stupid in like the contemporary romances that we, I'm like, y'all got in a fight over that. Like you could have just been talking to each other this whole time, but this one makes sense because I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'd be pissed too. I also would run away. So it's always really nice to see when the conflict is something that's not dumb. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a we're, great point. We're tired of the dumb conflict. Make it make yeah. sense. <laughs> this um, one makes sense. 
that's kind of it. There's chapter 13, he goes after her. And then in the epilogue, she gives birth to their daughter. And he's finally realized he has the unconditional love he's always been longing for. That's it. A happy ending. Yes. He he should have realized that, you know, when they when they did that whole run to each other and embrace and everything. But uh, yeah, but I'll I'll give him I'll give him some space on that. They're they're both working on on themselves, right? Yeah, Yeah. we got we got there in the end. Yeah, yeah. I think (laughs) these two are gonna have just a very drama filled life together. These three. That's (laughs) what I was thinking. I'm like, you meet you two meet at this like these traumatic turning points of your life he's recently lost his mother she kind of found and lost her birth mother at the same time um i I feel like there's gonna be a lot of drop there's gonna be like some one of y'all mentioned it earlier they need a good therapist okay they need some therapy (laughs) they need individual individual. therapists and then someone for both of them together we just just find 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 a professional Yep. Do you all feel like these two, 10 years from now, would still be together? Oh, God. Oh. Well, I mean, he was going to marry her and stay with her forever, no matter what, even if he liked her or not. At one point, he's like, we'll be lovers, we'll be parents, maybe we'll be friends. So, yeah, what a bad deal he- that is. <laughs> I. <laughs> but he loves her now, and he's a billionaire, so... I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes for logistics and also they both seem to really like the drama. Yeah, I I would see, you didn't ask if they were gonna be happily together. You just asked right. if they were gonna be together. <laughs> so right. I think perhaps they're together. <laughs> just don't know what that looks like. I think they're. I hope the so kids stubborn. okay. Yeah, that they're gonna yeah they're gonna be together. Yeah, mm, I'm like I hope Flora never forgets like her dairy farmer roots and is just like. I can do this by myself. Like I had a life before you. Yeah. But who knows? You're right. You're right. Um, Any other takeaways from the book? Anybody? Did we cover everything? I feel like I've learned a whole new um, side of romance that was very fun to experience as somebody who reads mostly like contemporary. This was really, I mean, yeah, it was ridiculous and dramatic and very silly at points but it was like ooh, okay I feel like I've um you know like unlocked a little a little segment of romance that I hadn't seen before for like you know all all the women before us who read all these harlequin romances um they were I was it was really fun it was it was fun all all of our grandmas and moms it turns out they knew what they were doing yeah oh god we gotta this get you we gotta re- get y'all to read a blaze oh yeah to read a desire desire Ooh. is like north american wealth and drama it's mm-hmm. like soap opera-ish Ooh. or it closes Ooh. or it closes it's going yeah. away sadly it's going away unfortunately <laughs> okay so y'all are reading emily henry next which i think everybody in romance that reads contemporary is going to be reading like what else is there is there anything else coming out this summer that y'all are like super excited about or what? Oh, we're getting mm. our our respective partners involved. Um, oh, that's so fun. We we are kind of I'm having to force my husband a little more than Abigail's having to force her fiance, but we're making them read a book with us and talk about it. Just to be neither of them. My husband's a reader. Abigail's fiance is not really a reader, but my husband reads like history books or star wars like that's it (laughs) (laughs) and so we're gonna reread 
I think we landed on Tessa Bailey's It Happened One Summer just because good, sweet romance vibes, but also spicy. Um, and we're just going to see how they react now that they know that this is what we are consuming while we're like laying in bed next to them. And yeah. have no idea. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be so fun. <laughs> Tessa Bailey, too, is just like so silly and leans into it that like it happened one summer with it being like a sea captain and like some other crazy rich people shenanigans. It's just a great one to introduce them into um, what we spend a lot of time doing. But we just did Yours Truly by Abby Jimenez, which was really fun, too. Um, We are very pumped for Emily Henry. I am so excited. I get to pick it up on Tuesday, and I can't wait. Oh, you pre-ordered it? You pre-ordered? Yeah, I pre-ordered it for book people. So I get to go pick (laughs) it up at book people. I love it. Very exciting. So have y'all had any, like, like, standout favorite reads this year? Like, anything you want to shout out? Oh, hang on. Let me pull up my my story graph. I feel like January, I did did great. February, I did great. Well, yeah. March and April have been like the worst. I feel like my reading months. I had a really big slump in March. Yeah, me too. Our work, we both had crazy work periods during March. Like I said, I've been reading all the ACOTAR books. This is my first journey into ACOTAR. Um, And I've been like hyper fixated on it. So... (laughs) Um, so that, that's really the standout of my 2023 so far. I just finished one of my book of the months, um, which was not a romance, but it was called Wayward by Amelia Hart. And it took me a long time to read that because it wasn't good. It was just one of those that like, it's kind of like a slower paced sort of character study almost. Um, but it was really, it was really good. It was like magical realism, which was also very different. So you know, perhaps that doesn't truly answer your question. The most fun I had reading a romance so far this year was when we did Icebreaker by Hannah Grace, which was a oh hockey romance. What a um, journey that was. Oh, <laughs> it was so much fun. Um, it the was TikTok very girlies. Upon- yeah, the TikTok girlies, the puck bunnies loved the hockey romance. Um, and it was really <laughs> fun to read. It was so goofy, but it was really, really fun. So those might be my two standouts. But yeah, I'm in a big slump that I'm coming out of right now. So. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Well, we appreciate you joining us um, and and reading this book with us for uh, even though you might be in a slump. Oh, this was a lot of fun. It was um, also a very quick read too. Knocked it out in like two afternoons. So, you yeah. know, yeah, might have been and a we'll, good like kickstart. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, maybe it's kickstarting us out of our slump. And we'll we'll have to have y'all read one of our books and and talk about absolutely talk about that. up. Yeah. <laughs> well okay plug all the places where everybody can keep up with you online and the podcast like tell us everything yeah 50 percent podcasts um on all platforms uh but uh you know spotify and apple are the big ones obviously we're at 50 percent pod on instagram and you can also find links to our individual instagrams there if you so choose to you know look at pictures of my dogs and plants i don't know <laughs> Um, we also have a bookshop, uh, affiliate page. You can search for us on there that we make some dollars from not many, but any dollars are dollars. So yeah, that's where we're Support at. Support podcasters, people. Yes. Jeez. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is, this is far from our full-time job. So. <laughs> yeah. And I just have to say like, I love y'all's podcast graphic, like the podcast photo. Oh, oh Abigail's sister's friend did that. Love it. 
Yeah, my sister's an artist. And so when we decided we were going to do this, I was like, do you know any like graphic designers? And um, Parker Story is the artist who did it. And they did a lovely job. We love it.